Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Let me give the disclaimer. We're going to go through uh, how this world is set up from the Bible. We're going to run some verses. And as we do that, you need to think in, in terms of a circle um, because the, the, the world is formed in a circle. <laughs> it's not flat. So we're not going to get all in, into all that tonight, but it's you're not going to be drawing lines in your mind like this and one under the other and the other. You're going to be drawing a circle and then inside that circle, you're going to have another circle and inside that circle, another circle. And right in the middle is going to be, if you do target practice, what's that called? The bullseye. All right. So we're going to look at some things. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse number two. The Bible says a new man in Christ above 14 years, whether in the body, I cannot tell whether out of the body, I cannot tell God. knoweth. such an one caught up to the third heaven. This is the highest place on our on our circle that I want you to get in your mind. This is the third heaven and it's God's dwelling place. It is called the third. Because there's two other ones. Uh, and the third heaven is above the second heaven. And it is above the first heaven. The third heaven is God's dwelling place. This is where we will be saying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. That's where Christians are going to be someday. And that's where we're going to be praising the Lord. Now, I'd like you to get second, uh, first Kings chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8 and Acts chapter 7. 1 Kings chapter number 8. And then we'll need to get Hebrews chapter number 8. And Acts chapter number 7. All right, let's do 1 Kings chapter 8 first. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter number 8, verse number 30. And hearken thou to the supplication of thy servant and of thy people Israel, when they shall pray toward this place, and hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and when thou hearest, forgive. What is the third heaven? It's, it's God's dwelling place, and we can get that very clearly when we run the reference in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse number 30. And hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place. Whose dwelling place? God's dwelling place. He dwells in the third heaven. Let's go over to Hebrews chapter number 8. Hebrews chapter number 8. Let's read verse number 1. Hebrews 8. Verse number one, now of the things which we have spoken this in the sum, we have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. The third heaven we saw in first Kings chapter eight, it is the dwelling place of God. We see in Hebrews chapter eight. This is where the throne of the majesty is. This is where the throne of God is. And that would be in the third heaven. 
Third heaven is God's dwelling place. The third heaven contains God's throne. Hebrews chapter number eight. Let's go to Acts chapter number seven. Acts chapter number seven. At the end of the chapter, verse toward the end, verse number 54, Acts 7, verse 54. The Bible says, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, this is Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, behold, I see the heavens open and the son of man standing on the right hand of God. This is Stephen, and he knew where he was going. He knew exactly where he was going. Where? To the third heaven. What's that? That's God's dwelling place. What's there? The throne of the majesty. And last one, let's go back to Hebrews, and let's get chapter number nine. Hebrews chapter number nine, and verse number 24, the Bible says, Hebrews 9, 24. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. The third heaven is also referred to or called the presence of God. How do we know that? Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 24. But into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. The third heaven, that's God's dwelling place. It's called the presence of God. It's where the throne of the majesty is. Stephen knew exactly where he was going. It is where we will be saying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, Revelation 4. And 1 Kings chapter 8. It's God's dwelling place, we see. All right, so that's the third heaven. Now, we said in the beginning of the message, there's it's called the third because there's two more. Let's look at the second and the first heaven. We'll do the second one first. And the Bible doesn't title these the second heaven. We don't see that. We don't see it the first heaven in the Bible. The only one that we saw that is titled the third heaven would be 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. But we don't see second heaven or first heaven, but we will get where we're going by just running some Bible verses. So let's do that. Let's get Matthew chapter 24 and let's get Deuteronomy chapter 4. Matthew chapter 24 and Deuteronomy chapter 24. The second heaven is sometimes called the celestial heaven. It's also sometimes called the stellar heaven. The second heaven is outer space. That would be where God put the sun and the moon and the stars. And in Matthew chapter 24, keep your finger in Deuteronomy 4, but you're going to want to have Matthew 24 and Deuteronomy 4. Matthew 24, verse number 29. God's word says immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars 
shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Now, how do we know this isn't the third heaven? Well, we learned that the third heaven is God's dwelling place. It's the throne of the majesty. We went through all that. And it says at the end of Matthew 24, 29, the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. There's a little bit of an issue going on of some powers, and it ain't an issue with God. God's dwelling place, the third heaven, is perfectly pure. That's where he dwells. But look what we have, and, and stars shall fall from heaven. Well, what heaven are they falling from? The second heaven. The second heaven. Um, but this issue here, the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Go back to Deuteronomy chapter 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse number 19. Unless thou lift up thine eyes unto heaven, and when thou seest the sun and the moon and the stars, even all the hosts of heaven, Shouldest be driven to worship them and serve them, which the Lord thy God hath divided unto all nations under the whole heaven. You know what you had problems with, and it just didn't start happening in the last decade or two? You had these problems of idolatry and astrology worship and all of that was going on way, 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 way back. It's nothing new. Nothing new at all. And in Deuteronomy chapter number four, God is warning about these. He gives these commands. And um, he talks about in verse 16, lest ye corrupt yourselves and make you a graven image. And then he talks about in verse 17, the likeness of any beast that is on the earth. The likeness of any winged fowl that flieth in the air. Verse number 18, the likeness of anything that creepeth on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the waters beneath the earth. And people just can't seem to get away from worshiping something other than God. So God covers all of that. And people are like, OK, fine, I'll go up into the stars and worship there and create an idol. Anything but worship God. So he's got to give him 19. And he says, unless thou lift up thine eyes, by the way, fellas, unless just in case you're thinking I just gave you all that stuff to not do, just in case you would think to go up and do some astrological charts. Here's another verse for you. When thou seest the sun, the moon, and the stars, even all the host of heaven, shouldest be driven to worship them and serve them, which the Lord thy God hath divided into all nations under the whole heaven. The second heaven is where God placed the sun, the moon, and the stars. Or, or the second heaven, I'm sorry, is where God placed sun, moon, and stars. People will turn that into idolatry. And they will worship the creation instead of the creator. But do we have that? We all, so far, so good. We have the third heaven. under the, That's God's dwelling place. Under that is the second heaven, the sun, moon, and stars. Now, let's stay in Deuteronomy. Let's get chapter number 11. Deuteronomy chapter number 11. Now we're going to get to the first heaven. And it's sometimes called the atmospheric heaven. The first heaven. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse number 17. 
And then the Lord's wrath be kindled against you. And he shut up the heaven. Well, he didn't shut up his dwelling place. He didn't shut up outer space. What did he shut up? That there be no rain and that the land yield not her fruit. Unless you perish quickly from all the good land which the Lord giveth you. What's he doing? He's shutting up that first heaven, that atmospheric heaven, those clouds so that no rain comes down. He created it, by the way, so he can control that. Look at Deuteronomy 28. The first heaven is the atmospheric heaven. It's where the birds fly. It's where the clouds are. God created that. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse number 12. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven. To give thee rain unto thy land in his season. And to bless all the work of thine hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations. And thou shalt not borrow. This is the atmospheric heaven. It's a treasure from God. It's where the rain comes from. The rain. Let's go over to. Let's get. Let's get Job. 35. Job 35, right before Psalms, we'll get the book of Job. And then I'd like you to get your finger in Acts chapter 14. Let's get all these verses so that we can turn somewhat quickly. Oops. All right, so we've got Job 35, Acts 14. And then go a little deeper. And let's get James. Right after Hebrews, we will find James chapter number five. So keep your finger in all three of those verses. We're looking at the first heaven. Deuteronomy 11 and 28. We saw in the first heaven. That's where the rain comes from. Rain clouds. Now we're in Job 35. We'll do that first. Verse number five. Job 35, verse number five. Look unto the heavens and see, and behold the clouds which are higher than thou. What is located in the first heaven? The clouds. Deuteronomy, what's located in the first heaven? Rain comes down. Let's go over to Acts chapter 14. Acts 14 and verse number 17. The Bible says, nevertheless, he left not himself without witness in that he did good. And gave us rain from heaven. This is referring to the first heaven. And fruitful seasons. Filling our hearts with food. And gladness. That's the first heaven. Let's go to James chapter number 5. And let's look at verse number 18. Last one. For the first heaven. James chapter 5 verse number 18. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain. And the earth brought forth her fruit. The first heaven is the atmospheric heaven. It's where the birds fly, it's where the clouds are, it's where rain comes down. And where we get our atmospheres. Nobody likes a gray, rainy day. Well, sometimes you do because you get a day to just kind of drag around, kick around in the house. Maybe a kickback, relaxed day. But but. You know, people get down on the dumps because of the rain, rainy days. Um, 
God gives us a lot of blessings off that rain and those clouds in that first heaven. Our crops come up and we're able to get food and, and all of that. So there is some blessing, even though it isn't the perfect sunny day to go out and play. Okay, let's go all the way back to Genesis. As we do that, let's stop Paul's and park and let's just make sure we got all that right. So we've got a big circle. The top of that circle, what do we have? The third heaven, that's God's dwelling place. What's under that? The second heaven, that's where what? The sun, the moon, and the stars are. And then under that, we have our first heaven. That's where the airplanes fly and the clouds and the rain comes down. What comes next? The earth's surface. This is real simple. Everybody can easily believe this. Genesis chapter number one. Let's look at verse number 10. And God called the dry land earth. And the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass. The herb eating yielding seed. And the fruit yielding fruit after his kind whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. The earth God created. This is where grass grows. This is where seeds are planted. This is where fruit comes up. God created our earth. First heaven, second heaven, third heaven. At least moving up, first, second, third. Moving down, third, two, one now. surfacing. Let's say in Genesis, verse 15. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. The earth. We get light from the sun. Comes down to the surface of the earth. Look at verse 17. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. See that? Look at verse 20, and God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life, the fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. The fowls, the birds, they fly right above the earth's surface in the first heaven. Now, we're not going to go down this rabbit hole because it'll take too much time. We're trying to understand where everything is located tonight. Third heaven, second heaven, first heaven, and now we're on the surface of the earth. But look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. We'll do this as another another study for another time. But if you want to make sure you got a King James Bible, you always go to Genesis 1, 1, look at that first verse, and it should say, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It shouldn't say heavens, plural. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And we see down 7, 8 in Genesis 1. Okay, then he, he, he divides it out from there. We'll do a study on there, on that at another time. But just a quick check, fact check. Everybody's in the fact checks. You check Genesis 1-1, be sure you got God's word. Now we're going to get into the last three parts. This will be the last half of the message. Third heaven, God's dwelling place. Second heaven, sun, moon, and stars. Uh, first heaven is where the birds, clouds. Right, three, two, one, earth surface. Now what's next? Now we're going under the earth. 
and we have under the earth's surface. Let's stay in Genesis 1, and let's get verse 21. We're now moving under the surface of the earth. Genesis chapter 1, verse 21. And God created great whales, and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was good. Under the earth's surface, that's where the whales live. <laughs> verse 21. And that's where the living creatures that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly. That's where all our fish live. Under the earth. Let's go over to Exodus chapter number 20. A lot of people um, study and are more familiar with the surface of the earth. They're more familiar with the first heaven and the second heaven, right? But there are a group of people that enjoy underneath of it all. Years back when we took a family vacation, we went to the Cayman Islands. And it's great scuba, scuba diving. And you can get an instructor and they'll teach you how to do it. You got to go through like three lessons and just pass a test, which, you know, they, they coach you through and all this. And they take you 40 meters or 40 feet below. I think it's 40 feet. Because 40 meters is probably deeper than we're allowed to go as a beginner. They take you under the water. And you get to, I mean, it's pretty cool. You get to see what's down there. And that's under the surface of the earth. Where humans don't go a lot because we can't breathe down there. Nonetheless, look at Exodus chapter 20. Let's look at verse 4. Exodus 20. I think I got that right. Yeah. Okay. Verse number 4. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath. Or that is in the water under the earth. People make idols and images based on what's under the earth. Surface of the earth, under the earth. They'll make a fish god. And then these pagan cultures will worship a fish god. Let's go over to the book of Psalms and look at, let's look at three more. And let's start with Psalms 33. Let's go in order. And I think that'll make it a little easier as we flip through God's word. Psalm 33. Let's look at verse 5. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as a heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. It is waters of the sea that is under the earth's surface. Right in the Bible, we can figure out where everything is, what God made. Let's go to Psalms 95. Psalm 95. Psalm 95, verse number in his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is also his. The sea is his, and he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. 
Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Psalm 95, God made the sea. It's his, the deep places of the earth. Last one, Psalm 107, for under the earth's surface. Psalm 107, let's look at verse 23. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters to see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. What is under the surface of the earth called? It's called the sea. It's called the wonders in the deep. It's called waters of the sea. It's where the whales live. It's called water under the earth. That's under the earth's surface. Third heaven. Second heaven. First heaven, earth's surface, under the earth's surface, that ocean area, sea area. Now the last two we're going to look at, we're going to stay in Psalms. Let's get Psalm 55. We're going to look at hell. Psalm 55. Where is hell located? Not on earth. Some people say it's hell on earth. It's not under the earth's surface uh, in the sea, in the waters of the deep, but it is under the earth's surface. Look at it says, Psalm 55, 15. Let death seize upon them and let them, watch this, go down quick into hell. Where's hell? Down. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 7. Keep that word in your mind. Down. Proverbs chapter number 7. Proverbs chapter number 7, verse number 27. Her house is the way to hell. Well, how do I get there? Going down to the chambers of death. Where is hell located? Down. Now, that doesn't tell us specifically where yet, but it's down. Look at Proverbs chapter 15. Proverbs 15, verse number 24. The way of life is above to the wise that he may depart from hell beneath. God's dwelling place is above hell. Where is it? Down. Where is it? Beneath. Let's get Isaiah. And second Peter. Let's get Isaiah and second Peter. Keep flipping forward to Isaiah chapter five. And once you get Isaiah five, go all the way to the back of your New Testament, get second Peter chapter two. And that'll be good for now. Let's do Isaiah chapter 5, verse number 14. Look what it says. Therefore, hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure and their glory and their multitude and their pomp. And he that rejoiceth shall descend. Where is it? It's down. Where is hell? It's beneath. How do you get there? You descend into it. Second Peter chapter number 2. Second Peter chapter number two, verse number four. The Bible says, for if God spared not the angels that sinned 
but cast them down to hell and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Again, we see that it is down. Now, we need three passages of scripture to, to wrap up where hell is. And to do that, we need to get back to Isaiah. And let's get chapter number 14. Take a little break in our mind here. I'd like you to grab Isaiah 14. I'd like you to grab Ezekiel chapter 31. Uh, Jeremiah, Lamentations, and then you'll find Ezekiel. I think Ezekiel's right after Lamentations. Yes. All right. So you got Ezekiel chapter 31. Isaiah chapter number 14. And then you need Numbers chapter number 16. You missed these verses. You can go back. Just watch the recording. But you want to be in Numbers 16. We're going to do that first. Numbers 16. Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 31. Let's do Numbers first. Numbers 16 verse number 30. The Bible says, but Lord make a new thing. And the earth opened her mouth and swallow them up and all that appertain unto them. And they go down quick into the pit. Then ye shall understand that these men have provoked the Lord. And it came to pass as he heard, as he had made an end of speaking all these words, that the ground clave asunder that was under them. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up and their houses and all the men that appeareth unto Korah and all their goods. They and all that appertained to them went down alive into the pit and the earth closed upon them and they perished from among the congregation. And this is when you pass the offering plate around. The preacher says, if you don't give to God, the earth is going to swallow you up. And then you get a big, <laughs> except we're not going to do that. Because <laughs> if you don't give, the earth isn't going to swallow you up. No matter how many preachers try to scare you into giving, it ain't going to happen. But you know what happened back in Numbers? <laughs> it did. It did. It really, really happened. And there's some key verses here I want you to look, or some key phrases I want you to look at in these verses. Um, first, the earth is swallowing them up, and so it's underneath. Also, we see that um, they go down alive, it says, into the pit. The earth closed upon them. So it had to be under the earth. It doesn't sound like at all it, they're drowning in an ocean. So this isn't where the whales live. But we don't see the word hell, but we see the word pit. So what do we do? Well, we go to where we've dropped our fingers in, in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 31. Look at this. Isaiah chapter 14. And look at verse number 15. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. So how do you know it was hell back in number 16? Well, you go to Isaiah 14 and you can see that the pit is called hell. It's called hell. 
Ezekiel 31. Ezekiel 31, verse number 16. I made the nations to shake at the sound of his fall. When I cast him down to hell, this is Lucifer. With them that descend into the pit. And all the trees of Eden, the choice and best of Lebanon, all that drink water shall be comforted in the nether parts of the earth. They also went down into hell with him unto them that be slain with the sword. And they that were his arm that dwelt under his shadow in the midst of the heathen. What's the pit? Hell. How do you get there? You descend into it. You see that key word in 60 verse 16? Fall. When someone falls, where do they go? Down. Look at verse 16. Cast him down. Where? To hell. What else is hell called? With them that descend into the pit. How do you get into the pit? You descend. Where else is it? The nether parts of the earth. Look at verse 17 again. They went down into hell. You can't get any clearer than running number 16 with Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 31 and coming away with anything other than hell is under the surface. Hell is not on earth. Like when you witness to a lost person or somebody on a college campus and they said, you believe in hell? Yeah, we're, we're living in hell. No, you ain't. So it ain't hell on earth. It's not in the ocean where God's fish life is. It's under that, and you descend into it. We got one more place to look at, and then we're going to tie this all together. Third heaven, God's dwelling place. Second heaven, sun, moon, and stars. First heaven, clouds, rain, birds, surface of the earth. That's where grass grows. That's where fruit comes up. Under the earth, you have the whales and the fish life where you can go and scuba dive and see all of God's creation. Under that, we have hell. The last thing we need to look at is paradise. Paradise. I hate looking at this last because it opens up a whole can, which is kind of the point, because we're going to build off of this lesson. And we're going to look at some other verses. We just won't do it tonight. Let's get Matthew 12, and we'll finish up. Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 40, the Bible says, For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now this verse is going to be more prominent. Uh, next Thursday night and the following Thursday night and the following Thursday night, because it'll probably take us at least three more lessons to get through the introduction of what this is. But what's Jesus doing down there? That's what we're going to try to answer in a little bit more detail coming up in some lessons. And I'm going to say here we're looking at and three nights in the heart the heart of the earth. That would be the center, the heart, the center of the earth. Now let's go over to Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke. 
Luke chapter 16 and verse number 26. Not heart of the earth. I believe that heart of the earth is paradise. Look at Luke chapter 16, verse number 26. 1626. The Bible says, and beside all this, well, let's let's back up a little bit because uh, and it came to pass that the beggar, verse 22, died, verse 22, and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. This is the beggar going to Abraham's bosom. I believe Abraham's in paradise, the heart of the earth. I believe Abraham's in paradise. And this beggar dies and he's carried by the angels into paradise, into Abraham's bosom. And that's not him resting his head on Abraham's chest, his bosom area. That's just he's in the care of and he's in the protection of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes being in torments and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And said Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, and now he's tormented. Now he is comforted, I'm sorry, and thou art tormented. Now watch this. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass. From hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that they would come from thence. They're next to each other. And between the beggar in Abraham's bosom and the rich man that died and went to hell, between that is a great gulf that's fixed and one can't pass to the other and the other can't pass to the one. But they're right there. Where are they? In the center or the heart area of the earth. Hell, paradise. The beggar dies. He's in one place. Rich man dies. He's in another place. And they're right there, but they can't get to one another because there's a gulf. It's fixed, and they can't. And that's going to become more prominent in our next lessons. But let's go over to Luke 23, because we want to wrap up. And at least tonight we'll get, Lord willing, the locations of where things are. Luke 23. Look at verse 43. I know we looked at this last on Sunday, but look at it again. You got these malefactors dying. And one of the malefactors, verse 39, which were hanged, railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deed. But this man hath done nothing amiss. That's Jesus. He's done nothing. And he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, comma, Today thou shalt be with me. Where? In paradise. Paradise in the heart of the earth. Third heaven, second heaven, first heaven, surface of the earth, under the earth where the sea, sea life is. Hell, and then right in the center, in the heart, 
right under hell is paradise, or shall I say, was paradise. We'll try to explain more of that in our next lessons, but that, that's the cliffhanger. That's the cliffhanger. But look what it says in verse 43. Verily I say unto thee, and it's important that this comma renames after thee, because Jesus isn't saying the statement today, because you could read this. Look at it again. What if we read it like this type of grammar? Verily I say unto thee today, comma. Meaning Jesus could just be making that statement on that day. You move the comma one word, you change the entire context of the Bible. I'm telling you, I'm not correcting the book. I'm letting the book correct me. And we should all allow the book to correct us. We don't amend the Bible. The Bible is meant to amend us. And it says... Verily I say unto thee, comma, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Where did that one malefactor meet Jesus? In paradise. Where was paradise? Part of the earth. That open, opens up a whole sermon series that's coming ahead and seeing what exactly Jesus did. What happened? What, what went on during those three days and three nights? We're going to run some Bible verses and see if we can, if we can, Come up with some truth. Now, last verse, and then I'll be done. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse number four. If paradise is in the heart of the earth, brother Jimmy, then how do we reconcile 2 Corinthians chapter four, uh, chapter 12 in verse number four, where it says, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words. Because I believe that God, Jesus Christ, moved the location of paradise. We're going to look at that in more detail in the next upcoming lessons on Thursday night. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.